Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids. What's going on, Vikings fans? It's Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up that we recorded this week's podcast before the Vikings officially exercised Justin Jefferson's fifth-year option. What that means is that the Vikings now have a little bit more room, a little bit more space to negotiate a long-term extension with the best wide receiver in the NFL, and everyone is excited about that. So uh, without further ado... Let's get into this week's edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I think the Jets won this straight, and I say that because they still got a first, and they only gave up a second rounder next year that could possibly turn into a first. But I think learning is the biggest thing for me because, like, year two has to be different from year one. So for me, it's just trying to become better every single day, 1% better every single day. And that's kind of like my role. And that's what I'm going to continue to use this entire year is 1% better every day. Happy NFL Draft Week, Vikings fans, and welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Twin Cities Orthopedics. Uh, My name is Gabe Henderson, and inside the TCO radio studio with me is Tatum Everett from Vikings.com. And we got uh, producer... I, I hate to put producer Jay Nelson in front of Jay Nelson, but Jay Nelson is on the ones and twos today. And uh, good to have you back while Eric is uh, doing some, I guess, more important work. Sliding back into the familiar chair. We're good here. I, I, hopefully I won't mess this up. I know it's only been a couple months, but uh, we'll yeah, it's make like the work. good old days. Back in back with the original crew, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just don't press too many buttons over there. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll be fine today. But what a wonderful time of the year it is if you are an NFL fan, because If you're like me, you can finally throw away all of your mock drafts and watch and partake in all of the madness that's going to happen this upcoming weekend Uh, with the 2023 NFL draft is what over 200 over 250 players will hear their names called this upcoming weekend. And I'm just excited, first and foremost, because Aaron Rodgers is not in the division. That's probably the biggest treat before the draft starts. Hip, hip, hooray. Right. Me, me being petty, I, I text out to a couple of people, ding dong, the witch is dead. Uh, that's kind of the, way, <laughs> kind of the way I felt before when Favre left too. But um, yeah, the Aaron Rodgers trade is officially official and he's finally in New York. It just felt like the longest breakup ever mm. like you've got your like but like okay so you're in this long relationship and then like two you know two years ago they were kind of like on the rocks and they probably should have called it quits them but yeah. they're like no we really have something I really believe in this relationship kind of continues and then even the actual breakup itself was just flat out ugly and terrible yeah the the divorce papers they had to you know get those papers right to settle it and send it to the courts <laughs> yeah. which were in New York with the NFL and then it finally became official so Nope. Everyone is happy if you're not the Packers. It was basically you went to counseling, but one side was definitive that they were out and the other one's trying to hold <laughs> on to it. It, it. I guess the the, th- the thing for me is that, yeah, it's the worst kept secret in the NFL that we've had for probably, what, the last six months at this yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Um, but with Rodgers officially leaving the Jets, it really – a lot of people in Minnesota are starting to twitch saying – Dear God, can we not have a Hall of Fame quarterback in in Green mm-hmm. Bay? And the thing that makes me a little nervous was seeing how uh, Mr. Love did play last year when he did yeah. get in. It just felt like he had taken an extra step. And and I got a feel that you know guys like Lafleur in the front office and Gutekunst and those guys like they have to feel comfortable handing the reins over to Love. I mean, barring something crazy happening, which always does in the draft. 
Um, having a guy like Love step in there after, similar to what Aaron did, a couple you know seasons of sitting there and watching a pro Hall of Famer and kind of learning what it means to be a quarterback in Green Bay, they they feel comfortable to make this move, and it just feels like they're going to get to that point now where they're kind of doing the relaunch, but it's not really a relaunch, it's just a reload. For sure. Well, with the Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets, the Packers and Jets swapped first-round picks. So basically, the Jets received the Packers' 15th overall selection, and the Packers received the Jets' 13th overall selection. In addition, the Packers received a second-rounder this year, a sixth-rounder this year, and then a 2024 conditional second-round pick that could turn into a first-rounder if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of plays this year. So there's a lot of (laughs) transactional things happening in that trade. But with the Jets receiving the 15th overall, a fifth-rounder this year, and the Aaron, I guess Aaron Rodgers, for you guys, who do you think won that trade? I think it's too hard to tell right now. You're not going to know really, I think, until you see how Rodgers assimilates with the Jets offense. I think, you know, they're they're expecting a lot out of him, expecting immediate results, because why else would you hand over that much draft capital for an aging quarterback? But I I don't know. I I don't know if there's really, to me, in my eyes, a clear winner right now. What about on paper? On paper, okay, let's say Aaron plays well I mean I I truly believe he'll play over 65 percent of the plays he's proven to be a very durable yeah barring an injury exactly so so the Jets are getting or so the Packers are getting they're moving up they're getting a first rounder next year second round sixth round oh I don't know I don't know I I would almost say right now if I had to think about it I would say the Jets only because I do think that the only thing missing last season for them was a quarterback but then to just give your mind a little bit more of a break, I don't know the word. Um, the AFC, like that's not an easy, yeah. that's not an easy conference by any means. Absolutely not. And that was the thing that so kind I don't of. Know. It's not surprising to me that the Packers moved him to the AFC purely because they want to get him out of there and they don't want to see him in the NFC. But yeah. for him to agree to go to the AFC was the little bit more of a surprising thing to me, given the murderers' row quarterbacks mm-hmm. they currently have. Um, if I break it down, I just look at it and say. Basically, the first-round picks this year, swaps, are just kind of a wash. I mean, they're two two picks away from each other. So for the most part, that's a wash. And then basically what you've done is sent Aaron Rodgers in a fifth for a second, sixth, and first-round pick. He's 39 years old, but he is Aaron Rodgers. Everyone assumes he's going to sign some sort of an extension that he would get another couple seasons. Plus, he's got his, I think, one year left on it. So if you get three years of Aaron Rodgers and you gave up a second, sixth, and first, I mean, that's fairly comparable. The only thing that's got to be really making people nervous is seeing what happened with Russell Wilson last year. Yeah. And assuming going to a new place with different weapons and those things, like he's just going to integrate, he's got everything. And yeah, we've Rogers all better. And we, I mean, both, both quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl. I mean, just both one, quarterbacks right? Have, both <laughs> been, no, You're right. Aaron Rodgers is a lot better of a quarterback. I'm just giving Tatum our time. But, but you know, <laughs> but you, but you know that another thing I think that really plays into the Jets' hand is the fact that the Packers are covering so much of the salary. Like it hit yeah. their salary cap more than it's going to hit theirs. So at least with this year, they get this kind of, I wouldn't say a freebie year, obviously, but they get this year where they're not having to pay as Reduced. much for him. Right. Yeah, he comes at 50% off. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> That's why I think, in my opinion, I think the, the yeah, it sounds like a state ball <laughs> yeah, commercial. Right. Um, I, I think the Jets won this straight. And I say that because they still got a first and they only gave up a second rounder next year that could possibly turn into a first. Like, granted, last year they had two first round picks. The year before they had two. This year they still have one. And then they got a quarterback for two years. So 
if they still want to get a quarterback of the future this year in the draft, they can still technically do that to kind of usher under Aaron Rodgers because Zach Wilson, let's be honest, like he he's not going to be there. No, like he, I mean he might be on the like yeah. agency market for like agency. He, he's market. like the new Baker Mayfield. Like he'll get a couple I think of progressive probably commercials. worse, honestly, because he hasn't even really proved himself too much. That's true. The other thing with Aaron, though, if you think about that first overall draft pick that got traded and the compensation that happened with that, and you're giving up two firsts, a second, and what, a fourth, I think it was. Um, And then you look at this and you say, essentially, it's going to turn into two firsts, a sixth, and a second. Like, it's fairly comparable to trading for a first-round draft pick. Mm -hmm. The difference is you're getting the proven compensation of what Aaron Mm -hmm. is. The downside is, is he's on the back end of his career. Now, Tom Brady also proved you can play a heck of a lot longer than people would assume as long as he stays healthy. And what he's always been begging for probably the last five or six seasons is competent weapons. Um, They added a couple people that he's used to from Green Bay, but then they've got some (laughs) incredibly young, dynamic uh, playmakers in offense. And then on defense, you've got a sauce gardener that they can build around. It just feels like the Jets are ready to kind of take that bump and take off. Are they ready to take off, Jay? <laughs> kind of, I was waiting for it. Kind of, I was waiting, waiting it kind of feels it. similar to when, you know, there was that bump when we did bring in Favre the following year in, in 09 here after he went to the Jets and that there was a young dynamic core. You had a decent defense and, and somebody like him, I think he's going to come in there proven and motivated to, to really shine out. And, and my favorite uh, sub plot line here is going to be, what happens with the New York media when they get hold of Aaron Rodgers? Because oh, it's going to be intense. In, in Green Bay, it's been you know fairly duckies and bunnies, but the National would kind of press him. Now that New York media is going to get a hold of him, and Free I think that's going to be incredible to watch. If he wins, they'll figure it out, and yeah. he won't have to talk to the media as much and address some of the questions that people want to talk about with that darkness retreat. I have a question for you then. Yeah. Would you be nervous about his statement about – going into the darkness retreat, wanting to retire potentially and knowing that you're giving up all of this for a guy who literally just said a few months ago, ah, I was going to retire until I sat in the dark for six days or whatever it was. No, because they've been around. They've been they've been on this journey before with Brett Favre. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is still a Pro Bowl, all pro MVP caliber quarterback. So, yeah, we're not paying much for him right now. So if he does retire, Okay. We only give up a second yeah. rounder, and then we still have a quarterback of the future. So that's why I think the Jets still won this trade. Like Green Bay, yeah, they got better, but still, they didn't give up much. Like you, you didn't really. They have got to... rid of drama. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, drama in Green Bay. They got rid of the drama, and they got rid of the price tag. You know, yeah. moving forward. So I have another question for you guys. Yeah. Who, as of right now, currently on the Green Bay roster, is Jordan Love's backup? Zach there Wilson. is one actually. I was say, Zach right. Wilson. No. I don't know. As of, as as of right now, it is Danny Etling, mm, who was wow. at Vikings camp I think two years ago for like a short I stint. So very briefly. Yeah, he's a former LSU quarterback. Um, yeah, this is this is going to be interesting for the Green Bay Packers. Interesting. Um, I can see them drafting. He's still on the website, though, in case you were wondering. Sorry. Aaron Rodgers still on the website. <laughs> he's still on, saying, Green Bay's still on the Green Bay website. <laughs> I mean, I figured the <laughs> pettiest move ever would be to just like get rid of him like immediately. <laughs> Gotta wait for that paperwork to yeah. clear. Yeah, you're right. You're Deleted right. From franchise history, also. <laughs> I can just see like the the Packers taking a step back this year and then trying to build onto the future, getting some wide receivers. I think them going up to the 13th overall pick helps them. They can get that wide receiver or whoever they want to 
I guess, suffice for for Jordan Love. What rich poetic justice would that be that oh, they get God. rid of Aaron Rodgers and, and the Adams one year a year before. and the one year that they go wide receiver in the first round <laughs> it, or offense? I think in the first round. I think in like what seven years or some crazy stuff yeah. would be the year he's not there. That's I mean, what they're going to do. Oh, chef's kiss. They're looking. That's what they're going to do. They're I look, love it. Love the drama. They're just looking to create you know kind of dynamic duel between Christian Watson and whoever they would potentially yep. pick up. They've yeah. always been a tight end heavy team that they've always relied on that. Part of that is because of guys like Favre and Rodgers that have really loved to uh, dump to that position. But I, they have to, I mean, their MO is they're going to turn around and draft somebody else yeah. to come in and be that competent backup or to develop. And I just feel like, you know, they have this feeling that they are the quarterback gurus that they can read the tea leaves and find somebody and make it work. I just feel like, they they have to be comfortable and ready to do it. And similar to uh, Bill Belichick, you know, losing a, a Tom Brady and feeling like we can do this with a younger younger person, you're going to really find out now what Green Bay's got, uh, in, not only within the locker room, but what they can develop. And I think Lafleur is going to have a lot of work ahead of him. Well, speaking of the AFC East, the NFC I, and NFC North player goes to the AFC East, and now an AFC East player comes to the NFC North. And you talked about Bill Belichick. He loses Jawan Williams. He's a cornerback now for the Minnesota Vikings. We just signed him a free agency this past week. Um, 6'4", 210 pounds, I believe. Just when you look at his size, you say, okay, this guy can fit right in. Didn't have the career he wanted to have in New England, but I see this as another opportunity for him to find uh, a breath of fresh air in this Brian Flores defense. What were you guys' thoughts when you heard of this Jawan Williams signing for this new for this Minnesota Vikings team? I mean, I personally was excited just on a, a personal level because yeah. he is uh, from Nashville. He played at Vanderbilt. I covered him when I was at my last market. And I was there on his draft day. And when, you know, when you're second round in person at the draft, there just aren't very many guys there. So it was really exciting to see him come off the board in his hometown. The draft was in his hometown. He got to walk across the stage, do the whole kit and caboodle. Um, To be very honest, I haven't really followed his career too much since then, but um, I'm excited he's here. He clearly has a lot of upside, a lot of potential. I'm excited to see what this staff can do. I mean, they're very intentional with every decision that they've made as far as free agency this offseason. And I think it kind of maybe potentially throws off a little bit the maybe cornerback in the first round for the Vikings because they're adding more veteran experience, someone who maybe isn't in a full proven talent, but is already played in the league for four seasons. Uh, the thing for me that it was interesting is the fact that he is a former second round pick. And what you've seen a little bit with this front office during free agency has been the ability to go snag guys that were high end draft picks or higher end draft picks that hit, you know, maybe didn't have the the first initial rookie contract um, yep. kind of production that they they, they thought they would want to have, but they were they're looking to strike on guys that they feel like, you know, whether it was an injury history or just lack of playing time. Um, these are guys that had upside when they came out in the draft. For whatever reason, they didn't work out where they were before. We're willing to bring them in, sign them as free agents, and then see if we can get you know kind of the best of their potential out of them as they're hitting their physical peak. So a guy like Jawan Williams signing here was actually very interesting to me because he was that sec- former second-round pick. And you just start looking through some of the other free agents, there's kind of a little bit of a pattern there where they're going after guys that had a lot of promise and just hadn't hit their peak before coming here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Brian Flores uses him. Um, in New England, Brian Flores was not there at this point, but they right. use him as an outside cornerback. So 
Shannon Sullum is not here this year. He hasn't been re-signed by this Minnesota Vikings team. Outside cornerback has not worked for Jawan Williams in the NFL. Nickel may be a position where he can use his frame, his size. He's a physical type of guy. And maybe that's where this Minnesota Vikings team looks to see where he can fit at best. So a lot of opportunity for what Jawan Williams can do here for this Minnesota Vikings team. But having another cornerback on the roster, that kind of, I guess, throws Vikings fans in for a frenzy when it comes to the draft because it's like, okay, we went DB three times in the past five years. So you look at that and say, okay, well, we just signed a couple of cornerbacks in free agency. You got two rookie cornerbacks last year. So do they go a different position in the draft in the first round? What are you guys' thoughts on what the Vikings could, should, maybe, can, will, who knows, will do in the first round this year? You know, part of me, I'm trying to read into, like, the context clues of Kwesi's presser. I know it was, like, I think a week ago. Like, it was a while ago. But, like, if you listen to what he says— He was asked about the number of draft picks, and obviously he said the quintessential phrase we all love to hear. It's not about the number. It's about the quality of pick or the impactability of that pick. But he also mentioned that they had so many picks last season— or they felt like they had a ton of draft picks in this their first class. Like a 10 or 11, right? Right. So then if this is a smaller class, he's like, look, we've seen what these guys in, that, in the last class have done. We're excited to see them take another jump. We've been watching all of their, their moves, their work ethic, their progress. And we consider them to still be those draft picks. So he's looking at this from an, a vantage point of like, they have, you know, Andrew Booth. They have a Caleb Evans. So if they don't go corner until later in the round, and this is a deep cornerback draft, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the third round or the fifth round pick, as opposed to maybe everyone thinking corner was in the first round. Um, I'm just trying to read into context clues. I wouldn't be surprised if they went interior defensive line with the departure of Dalvin Tomlinson and the necessary need to improve this defense. Or everyone's favorite, wide receiver. That's my two I'm kind of ping-ponging between. And I think it all depends on, you know, we're in that no-man's land of 23rd where everyone's trying to predict what are you going to do. I mean, there's all the the steam. Oh, they're going to move up. They're going to move back, whatever. I kind of feel like if they do move back, then that would potentially be, whether it's second or third round, that would be where, like you were just talking about, there's that deeper secondary class. I just, I keep going back to, I I think it's got to be offense. And the reason why I say that is because, there's a little bit of a balance there. And like you said, we've been going through and signing some of these different people for secondary. And you had a bunch of people from last year who through injury or for just lack of production because of other people that were in, ahead of them. I think the the front office is really going to press. I just, I, I feel like it's going to be something offense, but it's just so weird knowing last year, how productive our offense was and then feeling like the defense needed so much help. Um, it just felt like there, there wasn't enough people last year who, fully stepped up or they weren't on the roster to make it work. And again, Flores coming in, he's the giant wild card of, does he feel like what is currently on roster and what he has in the cupboard is going to be, you know, good enough for what he wants? Or is he really pressing to say, Hey, you know, we do need some other top shelf talent to come in here. You can always use top shelf talent. But for me, I just feel like if there was so much emphasis on the defense last year and trying to get better, I just feel like they got to slide to the offense this year. Yeah, I remember talking to Kwesi, it's probably two weeks ago now, and I remember asking him, like, how do you balance needs versus best player available? And, of course, he gave the cliche 
answer of you always want to go best player available. But I think now this Minnesota Vikings team actually can because you sign two cornerbacks in free agency. Yeah, you're still going to have to draft a cornerback in the draft, but maybe you don't have to draft two this year like you did last year. So there is less pressure to kind of fill a need versus trying to fill other needs to make, uh, I guess, this defense or offense better. You can kind of go with a splash pick now since you've kind of built up your veteran moves elsewhere on both sides of the ball. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out, Jay. If we do stick at 23 and the rumors of, you know, possibly four or even five quarterbacks going ahead of us, the talent pool is just going to be insane that's yeah. going to get shoved down mm-hmm. the draft. So if that happens, you you can sit there at 23 and still get the kind of pick you potentially were going to get at like 17 or 18 to move yeah. up and get it. But it just feels like if if you do sit at 23 and that happens, I almost feel like at that point that's where they're going to say, hey, we'll even trade back to the back end of the first or front end of the second just because there's going to be guys that we would normally have scheduled at 23 that are going to get shoved later in the draft. and. Just to be opportunistic, you know, get as many picks as you can and bring in, you know, as much new talent as you can um, and just see how that meshes with what you're trying to do for the future. And when you look at the roster, there's just to me, there's just so much. And I, I know this is kind of like a not a curse word, but like a like could, a word that could be taken either way, like put the potential of this roster. Like there are a ton of young guys who really haven't proven themselves. And a lot of the veterans it's kind of like this team is getting younger as we're as we're watching. And so I, I like the idea of the splash pick. I think that's so true because when you when you look at so many of these positions, you're like, okay, if I look at linebacker, at least we have the proven vet. We have a couple of guys that are, you know, up and comers who are going after their potential. Then you look at tight end. Tight end, we're, we're solid. Quarterback, you have your main guy, right? And you can't forget about Nick Mullins. I know people don't want to talk about the fact that we have a backup quarterback, but we do have a backup quarterback. You know, Not Danny Edling. Not Danny Edling. You look at all these positions and you feel pretty comfortable. There are obvious needs, but you can go and address. It's not like you are like, okay, I need this position. I need them to start tomorrow. And I know that like, if I whiff on this, this is a huge loss. And being in the NFC North and Aaron Rodgers leaving, that Mm. helps you a ton. Kirk Cousins right now is the winningest quarterback in the (laughs) NFC North. And then you still have to worry about the Lions. I know my last text from Jay Nelson is Lions are going to Lion. And read into that however you want to. But at the same time, you can kind of make that splash move to your point because there isn't much pressure anymore to win the division. You don't have that, that one person hunting you saying, okay, this is my division. I own this team and go from there with Aaron Rodgers. So it will be an interesting draft. This is a competitive rebuild, but this is the perfect time to do it simply because outside looking in, you look at the NFC North and you say this division isn't going to be the strongest. So you can kind of lean on that to help uh, raise your stake in whoever you want to draft this year, whether you move up, move down, stay wherever you need to be. And Uh, Go from there. For me, the Lions deal is they are absolutely on the ascent. They showed that at the end of last season. The difference is, is now you have an offseason to game plan around what they currently have. You know, they've had the the issues off the field already popping up that, you know, have happened. Um, To me, it still comes down to look at the quarterback play. Fields, Love, Goff, and Kirk. You just feel like Kirk is probably the strongest out of those four. But there's no doubt that the Lions are definitely on the ascent. And I think those guys in their offices are looking at it saying, why not us? And I think for us, you know, I think the idea is 
if you know the boogeyman's out of the division at this point, it's time for us to step it up and kind of take hold of it and not let it go for a long time. So hopefully, um, you know, whatever we're doing here with this this draft this weekend is just going to help bolster us and, and solidify the division for us. The okay, Lions Florida. also have nine picks. Yeah, yeah. Two first rounders, and two second, second rounders, round. and then they go three, two fives, two sixes. So yeah. they can really. They are loading up. They Jaylen, can load up. Jaylen they can Carter. move around. Yeah. They can. They can they really can put add those to themselves. Those two picks together and move up to exactly get the second or third overall. So yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. They're like, gonna lie, though. That's but, what I'm, I'm holding on to the. They've, been, they've been doing the, the draft was pretty good for them yeah, the for last sure. year yes, at least. For sure. So maybe the, this GM, this yeah. movement, like they're kind of starting to know what their identity is. I'm not trying to advocate for the Lions. I mean, hopefully, here. they go zero and six. With, nope. you know, yeah, these I hope they lose every kinda, game. Yeah. but you know, but it's so. the reality. I mean, yeah. and one thing that they're a team to me that I've always kind of raised my hand to say, like, where is their future quarterback? I mean, they have Jared Goff, but everyone tends to feel like Goff isn't necessarily the future for them. Like, yeah. they could be a because they have two first round picks and two second round picks. They could be a wild card team to, that would snag somebody that would be the heir to what Jared Goff is currently. Because if you're looking at the young talent pool that they currently have, and then they could add a young yeah. stud quarterback, that would be the thing for them. Then so you're just hard looking to at find it. Well, that was their plan all along when they drafted, when they traded for Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. Yeah. They had two first rounders, and they were like, okay, Jared Goff is just a, a placeholder until we get our young guy. Last year, they had a surprising eight or nine win season. It's like, oh, maybe Jared Goff is our guy. They didn't extend him, but at the same time, it's like we still got those two first rounders. So let's kind of see how this plays out. Maybe Jared Goff have, has another good year and we can trade him for another first. So I'm, they got a lot of leverage right now. I'm going to be more nervous if they turn around and pair like an insane defensive lineman with Hutchinson and just they're getting Jalen Carter. That's the thing. Like Ooh, that, I don't yeah, want to that, see that. And that's happen. that was my thought, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> is if you were to pair a Jalen Carter Carter with a, a Hutchinson oh my gosh. for the next, Mc, you know, decade. Like, McNeil oh my gosh. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like what it was at Chicago, you know, the previous decade and and eventually that whole, you know, the band broke up there. But if you are to see a Detroit and you think about kind of the gritty nature of what they want to be known as, that pairing together would be ugly for the next five, six, ten years. Okay, before we get to our guest of the night or our guest of the day, Mr. Brian Asamoa, uh, my last question for you guys, because we're talking draft, is what is an underrated position that the Vikings could target in this year's draft? As far as first round or any, any round? Yeah, we only, got, we only got five selections, so... A lot of people are saying cornerback, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, I think linebacker. Okay. I really do because you have a lot of younger guys there. Three year guys that have been on the team three, two, one years, right? And you've got Jordan Hicks. Losing Eric Kendricks, the the vocal piece of the offense, I mean the I mean the defense, the quarterback of the defense, I think that's gonna be a huge void to fill. And I don't think that it's necessarily gonna be filled by one person. So I think that revolving door next to Jordan Hicks is really important. And I think Bringing in the next wave of the Eric Kendricks might be might not he might be on the roster, yeah. but might be the sneaky place to go. That was kind of the the first thing that jumped to my mind. But I'm going to go back to the thing that I keep harping on, and that's pass rush. And yeah. just last year, pass rush was such an issue, and it's finding somebody who could be that anchor on the defensive line and really mess things up for people. We've been looking for somebody to be able to stand up, and you know, losing a Tomlinson. I just keep saying it week after week. That, to me, is one of the biggest glaring holes that we currently have between him and Kendricks. Well, speaking of the linebacker group, we are now joined by Minnesota Vikings linebacker Brian Asamoah, who just had a spectacular year one for this Minnesota Vikings team. And um, just got back from NFL Africa. 
So let's just bring in the guy himself, Mr. B.A. Brian Asamoah. Well, speaking of underrated draft picks, the guy that joins us now, third rounder last year from the Minnesota Vikings, Mr. Brian Asamoah, fresh from the motherland. <laughs> How y'all doing, man? Fresh from Africa. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Happy to talk about my experiences, and let's do it. So. How, how, first and foremost, how was Africa? Describe that experience. Unbelievable, I guess is the word, because just being back home is, is everything, but being able to work with kids, um, just show them the ropes, that was everything for me because I like being a servant leader, and I feel like during that time I was just serving the Lord, being whatever, um, doing whatever God asked me to do, and I was going there and teaching kids football, so. What was their level of football knowledge, I guess? Zero. Really? Wow. So I was literally, like, teaching them, like, the game of football. So I had the linebackers teaching them, you know, A gaps, B gaps, the centers, the guards, and the centers, all that. So, I mean, they were very receptive, mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to retain information and come back and apply it. So it was good. What's the—I I remember we, we talked earlier this year about how NFL Africa has grown just since 2000 and how— uh, we're making steps, and then you go into Africa now, it's just another step in the right direction for uh, just shining more light on future NFL players that live in Africa. W- what was your thought process from, you know, not that conversation, but just from what you knew prior to going to Africa versus what you got out of it? So my year, which was this year, was the second time we are just NFL Africa period has went to Africa, and now they're trying to make it a thing where it's, you know, every year. So going into it, I was like, you know, this can go one or two ways. You know, you can come back um, fully fulfilled, knowing that you did your best teaching these kids football, or you can come back and just say, hey, it was just one good experience. You know what I mean? You know how it was. But for me, it was like, all right, how can I make the most of my opportunity? And and then that was being that servant leader, just going back there, literally teaching kids football, um, coming with that passion and energy every day, just because I feel like they deserved it. They deserved someone coming back, teaching them the game of football so that they can one day change uh, their family's lives. So that's that's how I see it. How do they start leagues? Are they going to be able to play like on their own time mm-hmm. and you guys just come check in? So we, we worked with two different groups. Um, we worked that's with awesome. like older, older um, groups, mm-hmm. guys that are 18 and above. And then we worked with little kids who are going to start playing flag football in their in their schools back home. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um you know, play with some kids playing flag football and then teaching those 18-year-olds just football knowledge. And it's kind of crazy because those kids, like, they're they're freakishly huge and mm-hmm. have all the athletic abilities. So you just really it's just crazy. need to tune in their like skills. Like, polish them. Oh, huh? my gosh. Well, and you're not that far from being 18 either. I mean, they're all, they're not too far from you. <laughs> yeah, but, like, <laughs> you put them in a college program and you see them just get better, get stronger. And it's like, wow, like, you have the potential to one day be a first-round draft pick or you have the potential to be— just someone that has an opportunity to come in this league and, and take advantage of it. Yeah. Those those kids are the future of sports. Definitely. Um, and that that's just from a, you know, objective perspective because you you see those kids kind of just hone in on a craft, get taught, and just kind of turn that raw playmaking ability to something that is like tuned in. What's your thought process on that? It's it's everything. Like like I said, these kids that I seen back in Africa, like six eight. 18 years mm-hmm. old, like, just physical specimens. And it's like, wow, like, if I can get my hands on you for one year, <laughs> if I was a coach, I'm like, all right, I'm going to develop you into, like, a star. Yeah. And, and that's what it is, just giving those kids an opportunity. So we, we chose, like, five uh, players throughout the entire camp who were who showed, you know, the capabilities of just growing and becoming a good football player. And then after that, they get sent to an academy. 
Nice. And then after that, um, they have an opportunity with the leagues um, creating teams with um, just players from different countries and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, so they travel? Or like, mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. It's a cool opportunity. It must be so neat to just kind of be a part of like something that's just getting started too. The change. The change. Yeah. I'm trying to. Make this go go big. Man, well, one thing that's big right now is NFL Draft Week. Uh, we're what? As we record, we're four days away from your one-year anniversary of you. I'm not going to make a joke out of it, but of you <laughs> crying on social media. Uh. And it went, honestly, that, that was like one of the most heartwarming moments for a lot of fans. Like people got to know who you were as a person before they got to know who you were as a football player. What was just some of your fondest memories of draft night? The wait. And then being obviously being selected by Quasi. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a long process, and just having it be done was was good. But the, in that moment, it was just tough because you know you have every every football player that's entering the draft has like a certain like slots of where they think they're gonna go. So unfortunately, I didn't go where I wanted to go, whatever in terms of slot wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, after that, like after getting into the third round, I'm like okay, I don't know where I'm gonna go at this point. And then, boom, I get a call from Minnesota. I'm like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And then the whole time is, like, when Kwesi had got that job, if you guys go back to my recent, like, likes and Twitter, like, when he got the job from Minnesota, which was probably, like, February? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, January 27th. January 27th. Yeah. I had liked the I'm like, whoa, who knows? You know what I mean? And then, actually, it come into fruition. It was, like, it was a whole different type of emotion, which mm-hmm. was raw. And I'm like, okay, I'm super happy that I've been selected. But just being selected by uh, a Ghanaian descent, not like GM was crazy to me, and I was like, "This is such a blessing." How much had you talked to the Vikings before they selected you, if to, at all? <laughs> I talked to them. I, th- I think I talked to them once. Okay. Mike Schulten came to mm-hmm. my pro day, and I made a joke. I was like, like, after we had ate, you know, lunch together, whatever. I was like, you know, hey, I, I would love to see Quasi one day. Didn't come for a thirty visit or nothing, and then boom, get drafted. So I was like, wow, it was just destiny. So he's spoken into fruition. There you yeah, go. It, it was manifested it. Everything in my life has been manifested. So, man, and, and you've you've what just got you got drafted last year. You just came back from Africa, so like you have this perspective now of giving back. Mm-hmm. So, what what advice would you give to a rookie that's going through this process, the same process that you went through last year? I would say take advantage of the every moment in this in this in this league in this window. Um, it's not for long, so why not maximize all your opportunities? Like being able to go to Africa and teach kids or going to D.C. And, and being with, you know, African-American kids that get to see African-American history. So, no, that's that's definitely my persona. Um, I definitely love to give back. I definitely just like, like to give kids an opportunity to see a different type of life so that they are ambitious. They are um, just they're grinding for this certain type of lifestyle that comes with many benefits. And that's how, that's how I see it. What are your draft plans as a player who's already in the league? This is your first one, obviously, on this side of things. Mm-hmm. Do you plan on watching it? Do you guys talk about the draft or what the Vikings should do, might do? I feel like that that right there is above my pay, my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in sure. terms of just the draft, I mean, I can't wait to, to see my, my new teammates, welcome them to this beautiful culture, this beautiful team, and, and get them on the ropes of what we what we have brewing here in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. So, what do we have brewing here? Ooh, good question. <laughs> good question. Um, what we have brewing? We we have a lot a lot of young talent and uh, a lot of we still got some old heads in here too. <laughs> I call them <laughs> old, old heads, heads. <laughs> but 
I mean, just you need that wisdom, though. Yeah, and that's what I'm about to say. Like getting those wisdoms, getting that wisdom. Sorry, from you know guys like Harrison Smith or um, Jordan Hicks, guys that played in the league for more than eight years. And it's like it's cool just to be a young guy because you you can be you can do you can go one or two ways. You can be receptive of the information they're going to give you, or you can just all right bypass it. But the smart ones are going to sit there and listen, and that's just pretty cool. So having those guys here and then having the young guys. I mean, we've we've got a lot of talent, and I'm excited to see. Um, what we can do with the talent, you know, seeing our, our, our new coaches or whatever. So that's going to be good. What should the fans look forward to in the linebacking room? I mean, you we've obviously are without Kendricks, and you talked mm-hmm. about that the other day in your press conference, what an impact he's had on you from your playing days in high school mm-hmm. to obviously playing alongside him. What can we expect now from the next, like, the next wave? era, the next wave? The yeah, next thank wave. you. Great word for it. A, a fast, um, bruising um, physical group. I mean, you know, a lot of our guys in that room are, are pretty are pretty gifted, and now we just got to continue continue to fine tune our skills and, and get better every single day with that one percent. And from there, you're just gonna see us just flash on film every day with our speed, our intellectual abilities, knowing what's about to happen before it happens. So we're one step closer to making the play. Just all those things that just help us become a, a better version of ourselves than we were last year. I feel like that's like right on par with. What- flow said in his press conference and great minds thinking like <laughs> <laughs> have you had any conversations with him outside uh yeah what what have they been like whether it's football or non-football that you can share on air one thing I, I like i get from him he he's a guy that that comes from a, like a lot of different trees and a lot of different wisdom so I, the thing i get from him is just i'm i'm just i just try to listen to him so that i can just hear the message that's being like sent to me and uh there's a lot of messages that he 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 conveys to a lot of people but man just from him is just listen so because he's gonna he's gonna give you some points just some game and that's what I get from him what is it like to okay so you you get in the league you learn a defensive system that's different from your college you kind of are you know drinking from a fire hose at that point trying to assimilate to the league in general and then your second year new defensive coordinator, new scheme all over again. How is it this time around, like, learning and figuring all that out? You kind of, you kind of, like, right now I understand the gist and the flows of how this all goes, but getting a whole new defensive coordinator and a whole different system, you have to just train your mind to understand the different types of terms in the defense. So, I mean, it's all universal. Football is still football. Cover three is still cover three. Cover one is still cover one. So um, you just have to understand, okay, this is the terminology that they're using and and use and change the words that you heard, you know, last year from a different coach. So that's pretty much it. At the end of the day, it's still the same thing. And you still got to execute the, the same plans and goals of stopping that offense. So you, know, you, you hear so many players talk about that, like how the game is still the game. Mm-hmm. It's just the terminology and yes. just like trying to slow your brain down to make it make sense to yes. yourself. And um, I know the, the good part about that is now it's the off season, so you have time to kind of figure it out and then put it on paper. I mean, put what's on paper on the field. So for you, what has the on-field or OTA period been like for you? Learning. Um, for me, it's just continuously trying to get better in the weight room, um, understanding my body, what, what I need to do to take care of my body. Um, but I think learning is the biggest thing for me because, like, year two has to be different from year one. And for me, um, I just want to take advantage of every opportunity that I get so for me, it's just trying to become better every single day, 1% better every single day. And that's kind of like my role. And that's what I'm going to continue to use this entire year is, you know, 1% better every day. 
I say that to myself a lot, too. I don't know where that came from, but apparently I started hearing it, and I was like, I'm going to say that every day about myself, too. 100% better. Every day counts. I don't have to take a huge leap in what I do, right? Mm -hmm. All I need to get is 1% better. Be better than where you were yesterday, and don't mess up the things that you've already gained. Ooh, okay. That's that was that hit deep too. You know, let's 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 close that close this interview you, out on that. Like that's like. Can you like put that on a poster? Yeah. I can put it in my office. I mean, if you follow Brian Osamo on, on Instagram every morning, there is like is there a, a quote a or a motivation. Yeah, I, okay. I, I love it. I love it, man. And um, I might have to start paying a little more attention. Come on now. I get yeah. targeted. I get targeted for like just a bunch of like shopping ads on Instagram. Yeah. I don't get cool stories. Me, I just try to be my my, my myself, which is being authentic. Uh, I kind of. Kind of go by that. Just be authentic. Just be who you are authentically, you know, because everyone else is already chosen. So yeah. how can you become the best version of yourself? You need to write a book. <laughs> Maybe a children's book, right? Wouldn't that be good? Or how about this? Let's write the children's book, but let's also be the best football player for this Minnesota Vikings team that you can Oh, be. come on. I totally agree. I totally agree. Because, <laughs> hey, I got to take advantage That's where, of what hey, I'm The here main for. thing is the main thing. The main thing is the, the main, main thing. So. The main thing. And the main thing on this podcast right now is Brian Asamoah, and we appreciate you, man. Thank you guys for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Brian. Uh, always good having Brian Asamoah on. You can just tell by the conversation that he has a bright future ahead of him, not only as a football player, but as a human being just in this world. So just radiates positivity through and through. And whether that's on social media or just seeing him in person or hearing him, you can just feel his energy whenever you talk to him. Yeah. Bright smile. And he's a guy that, you know, came out of Ohio and decided to go to Oklahoma. I'm sure that was a little sacrilege back home (laughs) in in Columbus area. But at the same point, I think a guy like him, you know, he got some opportunities and when he did here last year, Made the most of him, especially on special teams, man. He flashed a ton when he was on special teams. And when, you know, they did decide to move on from Eric Kendricks, you know, he's got to be the guy walking in and stepping into that role. I think yeah, his future is incredibly bright, and I do look forward, like you said, to take that 1% better every day and see what he does here on this team this year. Well, it is draft week, and wow. I feel like that kind of says says it all right there that the anticipation is at his all time highest. Vikings fans, NFL fans are going to be going crazy all week. But if you are a Vikings fan, if you live in Minnesota, you should come join us at U.S. Bank Stadium this upcoming Thursday night at 6 p.m. for the Miller Lite Vikings draft party. And it is going to be a ton of fun. So uh, get there early. Have fun. General admission tickets are on sale right now at Vikings.com, so make sure you go grab those. There will be a ton of players, a live DJ, just a full entertainment uh, frenzy. So uh, we're throwing the party. Jay Nelson has been involved in that. Tatum and myself will be there cheering you. We won't be cheering you guys on, but we'll be cheering um, the the I'll fans. I'll be cheering yeah, a lot. The, yeah. Alongside we'll, you, yeah, and we'll, you know, we'll be the cheerleaders fun. will also be cheerleading. That's maybe maybe we'll just get some pom poms and just join the cheerleaders. <laughs> nobody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody paid all that money for those tickets to see us do that. If that happens, fifteen dollars. If that happens, Tatum, you are recording Gabe with pom poms. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I, yeah, I need to, I need to see that. I need to see the moves. Hey, you know, um, now at this stage in my life, with some things going on, and it, it, it may be Fully up my alley. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, I'm, 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 all, I'm all I'm all in right now. At this point, I just want to make sure Vikings fans have a good time at the U.S. Bank Miller Lite Vikings draft party. Um, so make sure you're there. Um, I, 
One thing that shocked me this year about the draft is that there are only 17 draft prospects invited to Kansas City this year. Maybe they're catching on that the guys don't actually want to be there as much anymore. That's true. Which is sad to me because that's if I'm a draft yeah. pick, like that seems that's like such an iconic moment. But you can here, – here, I'm going to get my little soapbox here. You can make money off of your draft. Right party now you can get it sponsored you yep. can be surrounded by your family yep. like to some guys that's being but the family's more important than the whole red carpet stage thing but oh i love the red carpet stage yeah. thing pandemic taught us a lot about how we can still get oh, the same thing fair. same thing done without doing yeah as much as we used to do i yeah. just think the guys that were on the back end don't want to be the guy sitting in the green room for day two you right. know that i think the the quote unquote embarrassment of that, which to me, I'd still be jumping up and down going, holy cow, I just got it drafted by the NFL. But if, you know, they choose to do that with friends and family, you can't fault them for it. And it's going to be a memory they're going to have for the rest of their life. Yeah. Another memory that will be fun again is this Miller Lite Vikings draft party at U.S. Bank, April 27th at 6 p.m. And in the meantime, Vikings.com this weekend is going to be going crazy. There will be exclusive one-on-one interviews. There will be uh, press conferences. There will be rapid reactions. I-, I know I'm missing a lot, but just stay tuned to Vikings.com and our social channels uh, for the most up-to-date coverage of the team. And I think on Friday we have something different going on. So following the press conferences, if we pick in the first round, well, even if you are not, Picking in the first round. We will have a draft recap show. Gabe, me, and Ron Johnson will be breaking down either what happened with the pick or if there isn't a pick, we'll break down what we think is going to happen on day twos and threes. It's going to be a lot of fun because it's going to be very much Viking-centric draft knowledge. Like, you can go and tune into the NFL Network, ESPN, yada, 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 and watch draft coverage. But this will be solely about the Vikings, and that is what we are hoping to give you guys this draft season so tune into that it will be streamed online um we'll have a better idea of the time so be sure to follow at gabe a henderson or at tatum everett and we'll be tweeting about it for you guys to watch our draft recap show on mean, friday and Sorry. don't forget about the audio side too we're going to be yeah. dropping uh, podcasts just kind of doing some reactions and previews going every single mm-hmm. night so uh That'll make sure fun. to be refreshing be refreshing your podcast feed and uh, there look you forward go. to that too. Well, for Jay Nelson, Tatum Everett, and Brian Asamoah, this is the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and my name is Gabe Henderson.